Hey everybody, you're listening to the second greatest running podcast in the world, Whereabouts Failure, brought to you by P2E Studios. Back to the, the second greatest running podcast in the world. Whereabouts failure podcast for runners who are trying to rebrand the sport and or need to enter the witness protection program. My name is Mike Gender, and I am one of your hosts. And as always, I am joined by Trent Fontanella, who's in the house of Sav. Trentleton, how we doing? Oh, Michael Todd, I am good tonight. I'm a little razzled as I always am, and we don't have the big three here. I genuinely wish, you know, Steve was on the pod tonight because it sounds like we're doing some old school, just boys being boys, talking on the pod, talking some nice little fun running topics. I'm excited. Um, how much time do I get in this intro? Can I, should I tell you about my weekend or do you, you got like a strict schedule of, of topics to hit? No, no, I got about 10 minutes of content that we're going to roll through tonight. So please let's go. Let's hear about it. I want to know you did this weekend with, without Steve on the pod, then we're going to have to fill it. So I'll take nice and, and uh, take my time here and explain the weekend. Um, but I'm trying to think of the best way to tell the story. Okay. I'd like to quote for all the listeners out there. Wait, you're the, going to start the story with a quote? What is this like yeah. a high school like commencement speech? Just about. Yeah. Okay. And I, I will be honored if it gets compared to that. That means it probably was a good story. But I want to just set the vibe here with a quote from the, the songwriter of our generation, really the voice of, of me and you and everyone out there. Uh, that was born between, I don't know, 1984 and 2000. And that's Miss Taylor Swift. Oh, okay. And, I, thought and Ms... going different, I thought you were going a different direction with that, but that, yeah, that makes sense. Who do you think was the song out of our generation? <laughs> I, I knew you were going to say Taylor Swift, Trent. Miss <laughs> Swift once said, and I said, Romeo, save me. I've been feeling so alone. I keep waiting for you, but you never come. Is this in my head? I don't know what to think. He knelt to the ground and pulled out a ring and said, marry me, Juliet. You'll never have to be alone. I love you. Oh, my. I really God. know. I talk to your dad go pick out a i'm getting married michaelson can you oh. believe it can you believe i ever convinced anyone to say yes to marrying me <laughs> uh, we need steve on the pod mike doesn't even know what to say i was really looking forward to breaking this news to both of you i thought that'd be fun but steve oh might even have more God. fun listening to it on on podcasts whenever it gets released <laughs> Woo. Holy Only Taylor shit. Swift can capture Congratulations. <laughs> Thank oh you. Oh, my Thank God. You. Megan, do you want to say anything? Do you want to tell the people, like, why you would ever say yes to marrying me? You, you got to speak to the mic. <laughs> I doesn't... don't have a good answer for that. <laughs> she doesn't have a good answer. You heard it from her first. Sometimes you just, you just break somebody down, and I guess that's what happened here. Oh, man. I'm like, did, did not expect this evening to go to go this route. Well, we'll do a full. A so full when's the date? Oh <laughs> That's the you funniest question. Dude, it's so funny. Blast that like. Geez, oh, we've had multiple. And I, I just feel like it's people. They like they like want to pretend like they're excited, but they don't know what else to ask at that point. Yeah. So they're like, so have you decided when you're getting like, no, no, I haven't even processed this part of it. Oh, oh man. God. All right. So we're back. I, I needed to, to take a little mental break after, after Trent dropped that bomb on me. Uh, 
I, I feel like I've processed a little bit more, Trent. Uh, I've seen the diamond. I know it's for real now. I know that I, you guys not are real. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely not. Uh, you get it out of a, uh, you know, one of those 25 cent machines. But uh, they, they make some quality lookalike stones these days. That's right. Uh, but holy crap, what what an incredible news! Uh, you know, you're you're you've joining the squad here. You're like, oh man, Steve and Mike are always talking about their kids and all this, and it's time for you to catch up. So so welcome to the big leagues, bud. Yeah, man, that dad episode last week. <laughs> yeah, is, just, is that damn, the one? What am I? Is that what uh, talked you into it? I was not planning on ever getting married until the dad episode. And then some of those dad positives that you guys said, not that, <laughs> not that you need to be married to have a kid. I don't want to start putting, you know, people into boxes over here, but the dad episode in general, being able to watch Disney movies and, and the other wonderful positives uh, that you guys said was like, Oh man, maybe I should get married, but I'm, a, I'm afraid it, I feel like is our dynamic as a podcast going to change now? I mean, you guys are the responsible adults. I feel like I was kind of the wild card who didn't always pick up his phone, just being out, living at the house of Sav. Can I even call it the house of Sav anymore? Yeah. If I'm not a single person. Like what is going to happen to all these elements of, uh, of whereabouts failure? That's a good point. I, I don't know if you, yeah, the house of Sav might be in trouble. The House of Sav is under some serious scrutiny right and now, I would say. The House of Sav is, is probably the most resilient element of this podcast. We've had a lot of segments, Michaelton, a lot of segments that have lasted about one episode or even zero yeah. episodes. Sav of the week. I mean, we were doing Rushmore's. Like, there's a lot of things that we, we were hitting on. Um, but the House of Sav has stayed true despite my repeated moving uh, repeated relocations to different houses and apartments after the OG house of sap. I mean, that was, I don't even know if you guys know this. I just moved into a new condo like two weeks ago for the summer out here. So we were, this is like five places later and the house of staff six around. So can it survive the assault that this proposal is putting on it? I mean, we've joked about it in the past, but I think it just, it just is the house of Megan now. It's oh. the house of Meg. Oh, I think it's I think it's official. Like I might be regretting this decision. I mean, yeah. <laughs> despite the podcast that I listened to last week about the joys of family life, this is uh, this is concerning. If I can't even be it, you guys are gonna say. And as always, joining me from the house of Megan, I'm just gonna be so <laughs> confused. I'm not gonna know what to say. I'm gonna be silent. Oh man! And what does this mean for your running career, Trent? Oh, I mean, I guess I guess it can't get any worse than, than I, uh, where you're at now. That I, it it kind of is is maybe fitting that it goes hand in hand with this. Really, ever since I I uh, kind of considered in my head that I was ready to start, you know, shopping for an engagement ring and, and going to make this this step forward. Uh, my running career has fallen off a cliff because <laughs> if we ran this marathon in last fall, despite coming off a broken ankle, I, I honestly feel like I could have done okay. Uh, but I haven't run in now. It's probably been you know a year since I put together some real training, uh, more than that. Uh, and I, I would say it's not a coincidence that it goes hand in hand with uh, this, this next step in my life. So when, when we had to take this little break here for me to gather my thoughts you you told me the story of uh your original plan to repose and I, I liked that story I, I was hoping you could tell it again here for for the people yeah it's good therapy for me to tell it the more people <laughs> that hear it uh so the, the first time that I uh proposed Megan said absolutely not you're <laughs> you're so immature like I could never spend my life with you no I'm just kidding the first time though I had lined up something where we were going to be for, for those of you who are new to the program, I currently live in Eastern Idaho. Uh, but previously I am a new England person. Uh, my listen to this, Michaelton, my fiance oh. is a new England person as well. Uh, and so we were back home in Massachusetts. I wanted to ask when she had a chance to see all her family after see some close friends, that sort of thing. 
Uh, I texted her whole family like, hey, uh, can we throw a little engagement party on Sunday? This, you know, the Sunday back in March. I texted my whole family. Uh, and, and so people are coming out of woodwork to come to this, this party. Like my, and it was at her parents' house. And like, you know, some, some my, my brother, my little brother would never come to, to <laughs> my girlfriend's parents' house just for a Sunday afternoon to hang out. Uh, but he's there, his girlfriend's there, the whole party's there. Uh, but, or it was invited to be there. Um, but when I was home, come that like day before, uh, I uh, found out, you know, that the, the ring that I was going to use to propose, as, as society tells me I have to do, uh, was, was not there. It wasn't available yet. I was doing working with an online jeweler and it's supposed to be available and it wasn't there. Um, so the day before, I had to like cancel all these plans. So I'm calling her parents and telling her the social. I actually saw them in person because we were at an, like a wedding where they were there. So I'm like, and I'm on an emotional roller coaster, so excited to ask the question and then just devastated. And now I, I like call the whole thing off. But Megan, being the social person that she is, had like decided, oh, it would be really fun if your family and my family could get together at my parents' house because we're in town. You know, we live in East Idaho. It's not every day we're back in New England. So she texts everybody that I had texted and was like, come to the house on Sunday. <laughs> and so they all have to go. They're all probably super confused about what's going on now. And I have to reiterate, there's no, uh, no new news to celebrate. But this is, it's in my head, it was supposed to be an engagement party. Megan's sister had thoughtfully got all these decorations out, was ready to, to celebrate. And so we had to hide all those decorations. We had to throw this party with all these people who I had just told like a couple of days ago that, that we were going to get engaged, uh, but no proposal. And so now, you know, I have the weight on the shoulder of like the disappointment. Everyone else has to pretend like things are normal. Right. And then they're just waiting. And then I have like the pressures on me now. Right. The clock's ticking because I had already hyped it up. Like I'm going to ask Megan to marry me. And now I'm probably everybody's like, when the hell is he going to do it already? Like, <laughs> like let's, let's hurry up, Trent. We've been hiding this for enough time now. So uh, we had a little bit of a speed bump the first go around. But uh, luckily, I think things all worked out OK, just the way they did. So I have so many questions, comments oh on, on all of that. First one is, I'm sure you handled it well. But when you were first telling the story, like in my head, I had the you having to call off the engagement party. You know, you know, you doing it maybe a little bit absent minded and just like canceling the uh, canceling the, the party, just texting, hey, the party's off. And just like people's reactions, like, oh, God, what happened? You know, is the engagement not happening anymore? So that well, was my. I don't I don't think I told people that I told I told her parents. And hopefully the word got out to the extended. People. So, wait, so you actually didn't pass along that message? <laughs> I, I think I was distraught. I was like, it's not going to work out, you know, or something like that. Like, <laughs> but you're right, Michael. And this is the first time it's crossing my head because I was like, I don't want to get into details of what happened, but. I think I left it vague, like no news to celebrate. So you're right. People were definitely at that party not knowing what was going on. Well, uh, just knowing they weren't supposed to say anything. Well, that's my other thought on too, is then when Megan like rethrows her own engagement party, not knowing. I mean, you're really running the risk there of somebody not truly understanding what's going on and like coming up and be like, oh, congratulations, guys. This is so great. I'm so happy for you. Megan's like, wow, you know. Uh, Austin's really happy that you know we're home for the weekend yeah that uh that one like the stereotypical drunk uncle thankfully was <laughs> not there to like show up a little late not get the memo have a few margaritas and then just see us kind of like somewhere like hey you too I haven't congratulated you yet uh I think another consideration I, I did not think about, I, I was so razzled, so like frenetic that weekend and just trying to, to, to you know, pull myself up on my bootstraps uh, that I did not take into consideration all of these elements that you're asking now. And I realized how close it could have been to a complete and total disaster. Yeah. And then like uh, the, uh, was just completely lost my, my train of thought just completely lost it That's you got, right. you're a podcast host mike you can't be afforded and I just, like i had this great thought that i was just about to say 
And then we, I like I was in the, I was starting to say it. And then it's just just like that. It's just it's just gone. So were you going to compliment me on the Taylor no. Swift intro? I thought that was pretty good. I didn't know how I, else to start so, it. it. It was good. Uh, it went a little long. I, you know, in your head, it, it sounded like it was going to be quicker and then it kept going. No, I, I loved it. The only problem I actually was, cut, I cut it short. Just so you know, I was going to sing some more when I was thinking about my intro. So my only question is, did you have the lyrics up on the screen? I did because I was I could nervous. Tell. I could I was, tell. I was nervous. I was going to butcher a word. I know the lyrics. I don't have it up and I'll sing it again right now just to set the this word straight. But as I got there, I was like, what if I sing the wrong part of the chorus? I need it there because I'm going to be laughing. It'll keep me focused. And and I could be looking at you is basically what it came down to. I guess. I guess. I could tell you're reading the lyrics and I was confused and I wasn't even listening to the words you were saying. Like, I probably shouldn't know it was coming. I was mostly about to comment on the fact that it was ridiculous that you of all people had to read the lyrics. So, I, yeah, that's. Uh... Yeah, I should we can we restart it? Can we redo it? You're right. No, I'm, I'm no, embarrassed. What's done, <laughs> what's done is the done. whole situation. I, I thought as a, I was like, man, I'm going to be laughing. I'm going to be like trying to keep a straight face. <laughs> I need I need my voice quality to be good for the whereabout warriors. And I thought the best way to do it would just be have it in front of me so I could focus on it and not look at your ugly mug. Um, but I'm, I'm I was in the wrong. I apologize. I was in the wrong. Oh, I just remember what I was about to say. Uh, so, you know, I've <laughs> maybe it's a sensitive subject. I don't know. But, you know, I've had situations plenty of times before when, you know, you maybe cut a, a little bit too close and, you know, you, you wait a little too far into the game and maybe you order a Christmas present online. It's a little too late. And you got to do the thing, thing where you like print out a picture of what you bought and you're like, hey, like, this is on its way, but it's not going to be here in time. So you don't get the full effect of, I mean, the, you had a long time to <laughs> prep for this one. Trip. I mean, how long have you and Megan been together? It's been like, what, like five years, six yeah, years? Yeah, we've only been like dating that. like exclusively for like a six months or so. Yeah. And <laughs> for six <laughs> yeah. months, I mean, come on. You had a long time to make sure that this ring was in on time. And uh, I mean, how does that happen? How does that happen, Trent? So, all right. So I haven't told that many people about this experience yet. And mainly because afterwards, you know, I I asked her on like a sunset hike in in mountain time, Idaho. So it would have been way too late to call our East Coast people. And then Sunday comes around and I had recorded the Celtics game from Saturday night. Cause I missed it. Cause we went for a sunset hike. And I said, Megan, we're not calling anybody Sunday until after we watch the Celtics game, because people are going to tell me what happened and I need to know what happened. <laughs> uh, so then we're lying in bed till, you know, nine, nine 30 watching to the Celtics game, nine 30 yard time. So now it's like 1130 East coast time. So I, you know, and, and my mom had an idea. So I'm getting all these missed calls and then I need to pace myself. I can't talk to the so many people in one day. You know, I don't, I want to have genuine excitement when I tell everybody. So it's nicer to just do a couple, take a break. Anyway, the point is I haven't told that many people. However, you are the first person to rightfully give me shit for not having this figured out a long time ago. And, and here's the thing. And, and so I should have had it. And, and I had, I, it, if I had not been so you know, nervous to pull the trigger uh, and actually like pick the final you know ring, it would have been there much earlier and we wouldn't have had this problem. But I did not anticipate being able to ask her when we were home in Massachusetts. What happened was the jeweler, I, I was hoping, right? I, I asked, hey, one's going to come in. It takes a while. They got to put the ring to the other part of the ring and then they got put all together and they got to <laughs> ship it out to you. I don't know. I'm not a jeweler, but... He's, uh, he said, yeah, maybe by that date, but I, I can't guarantee anything. And so I was like, well, I'm not going to plan anything. If you can't guarantee it, maybe it'll work out. Maybe it won't. But in the days leading up, like earlier that week, he sends me an email and he goes, hey, it's a go. It's going to be there, you know, at this time oh. and this day. You got to go to this FedEx location because they only ship it to FedEx for insurance purposes. So I, I'm like driving and I was down in Rhode Island for a wedding. I had to like drive up to New Hampshire and then back 
this whole shenanigans going on. But once he texted me to say things were a go, that's when I got excited and, and threw the party. It, he gave me the false hope that was my dad. Yeah, I mean, you can't. You can't do that if you're the jeweler. That's no, insane. He can't. He, he but can't he did. Be. He did. You can't say it's a go unless you are a thousand percent sure that that he ring is gonna the, make it. The like it's a go. You know, so happy for you. Congratulations. Kind of like oh, that final, final thing. That's no good. And then I'm calling him that day, like, <laughs> "Hey, man, it's not here. He's not picking up." And and then he shoot me an email. I'm looking into it. Never, never got an explanation. It got there then on Monday and we flew back Monday. So it was a little late, but uh, it was just like a, a couple of days, a couple of days behind. Um, yeah, man. Now, now you're, now you're opening, you know, raw wounds, but <laughs> I suppose I should let these, let these go and forgive all because uh, eventually I, I got the balls to ask. That didn't change the moment, right? It wasn't like, Megan knew in the moment that that all happened behind the scenes, right? Yeah, and it, maybe I'm sharing too much now, but she said to me, like, at some point between March and now, she was like, man, I uh, I thought that could have been a good weekend for a proposal. Like, <laughs> we're home, right? I'm just sitting there being like, yeah, I I know. Yeah. <laughs> but I got to play dumb, like, oh, sorry. <laughs> I wasn't going to ask you that weekend. All right, Trent, before we move on, do you have any final thoughts? Any last things you'd like to share on your big news? Well, I'm sorry again about the whole Taylor Swift fiasco. <laughs> I screwed that up, but I'm glad that I could share the story on the pod. I'm disappointed that Steve was not here. I was actually, I was super stoked to have, you know, both you guys on. Uh, tell story. So, Steve, when you listen to this, um, I, I, I'm bummed you weren't able to pod with us tonight, but I'm sure we will all pod together, get the boys the full rodeo back in town somewhat soon. Um, but that's all I got, Michael. I'm ready to talk. I'm ready to talk some hardcore talk some running, running analysis. I want to talk indoor track and field 2016. Like, I want to go back to that and talk about our, our favorite uh, 1,000 meter events that year i want to talk some detailed tempo workout some fart licks let's let's say fart lick a lot on this pod let's really get into it all right well good uh because i pulled up some good run topics and we're gonna whoa, start whoa whoa michael i was reading something you just sent me and i just saw an espn red Sox are up 16 to 3 <laughs> yeah they're kicking that? the crack at them all right running let's talk running well i mean do you have any celtics that we we'll talk about that later We'll that was gonna be my sign off. We, okay, we, yeah, we'll maybe see. we can do an extended sign off tonight. Okay. Um, let's talk Tom Cruise. <laughs> so I was uh, scrolling ESPN this morning, checking my fantasy team at work, which I don't think I'm supposed to do, but I was doing it, and I came across this. Oh, wait, 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 hold on. <laughs> Okay. Is there going to be any repercussion for you checking your fantasy baseball team? Are they monitoring what websites you're no, on or something so. looking over your shoulder? I don't think so. But I think if somebody like came to my desk and I was just sitting there like digging through waiver wire ads and stuff, I don't think it would go over that well. Well, you know what they should. You're in the Coast Guard, Michael. You're a military man, and yeah, my taxpayers well, are paying your salary. What are you doing pay, playing fantasy baseball on the clock? You, you playing the role of Steve in this episode? Someone's has to do it. <laughs> so, anyways, I'm on ESPN.com scrolling through, and I come across this article, which <laughs> it made me laugh on many accounts um, because. I guess it's a running article. The, the title is Tom Cruise Runs, <laughs> but is he any good at it? That's the name of this article. So obviously, uh, you know, the new Top Gun is coming out, and that's kind of a big thing. Um, but just, this... just, just want to put that out there. For someone like me, that's not an obvious. I don't think I knew um, there was a new Top Gun coming out. This is news to me, so thank you for sharing a, that. There's a new Top Gun coming out, and uh, a lot of people are talking about it. So this whole article is trying to dissect apparently tom cruise runs in a ton of his in a ton of his uh movies and this whole entire article is 
trying to dissect if Tom Cruise is actually a good runner or not based on him running in his movies. So side note, I am uh, starting to read the article and early on the article, it says by one running blogs count, he runs in 44 of 52 movies, which is a pretty impressive number. I was like, running blog what running blog wrote that i click on it and it links espn.com links to a harrier.com blog that talks about is tom cruise the fastest runner on film and his whole blog is like uh he's like comparing like rocky and like different movies where force gump and comparing like which uh character in movies is the fastest runner espn linked to that blog which i thought was kind of cool how so about that shout out to our guys at the harrier getting the shout out from espn um but anyways so then they yeah they go on to and they have like olympians weighing in on this they have like tom cruise's like high school coach they talk about his size comparing his his size to usain bolt's being like, you know, Usain Bolt is 6'5", and Tom Cruise is five foot something, but that that doesn't necessarily mean that makes him a bad runner. They talk about his hands and his form in these movies, his technique, his just like pure speed, the mental toughness. I mean, they really break down, is Tom Cruise a good runner uh, based on all of this? And by the end of it, the uh, one of the <laughs> one of the Olympians who they were talking to said, I've been to the Olympics. And he pulled me in and said, Tom Cruise is good at running. So there it is. Tom Cruise is good good. at running. I'm the last person to be able to offer this take for you. But how about this, Michael? Do that many people still care about Tom Cruise that we're now analyzing if he's good at running? I, I don't know. He seems a little washed up to me. But uh, again, not the right person. So despite my lack of pop culture knowledge, it, this, is, this is the perfect article or the perfect person to write this article about if there is an audience for this article. Because I do think of Tom, you know, I think of Tom Cruise running. I, I think of, you know, some of these Mission Impossible movies. And, and he is, that, that's a signature Tom Cruise shot in a movie is him running. And he has... I think it's funny you grabbed the hands because I can, I can, and again, I'm the last person that knows movies, but I can picture him with those rigid hands and the super rigid arm motion sprinting. It's always a full sprint. He would not be a good distance runner. He doesn't have the ability to control his pace um, for an extended period of time. So I'm not going to put him as distance runner, but he, he has that rigid form, which is interesting. It's, it's impressive in the face of danger that he can keep such perfect form the whole time. It's a good point. That big, that big reach out and that thing, but I'm not even sure it's, it's too rigid. I remember in high school once I used to kind of put my, my hands almost like Tom Cruise runs. And my coach was like, you need to relax. You know, he, he, he told me to do something different. With my hands where, uh, you know, like picture, like you're holding the roll of quarters, right? Just let your thumbs rest on your index fingers and just let your shoulders relax a little bit. Tom Cruise is not relaxing. He is he is up tight and, and running, and I think that probably holds him back. So I I don't know. I don't I don't know if I agree with Tom Cruise as a good runner. What was your take on it? I I mean I cannot imagine Tom Cruise is a good runner, and it's kind of ridiculous that this is like the most in depth and like researched and like most effort ESPN has put into a running article in God knows how long. And I'm t- this was like the number one article on the website when I was scrolling, it was like, it popped up. So insane that this is like the premier running article I've seen in years on this, on this running website. And to, like the way they broke it down you could tell it just was not somebody who knows anything about running like trying to break down is is somebody a good runner and listen yeah i don't think you can 
I, I don't think there's any comparison to somebody's competitive running style and the way that they run away from a car exploding behind them. Like, is there any information you can take about somebody as a runner running away from an explosion? Yeah, I mean, you can get some basic details about if they're if they're somewhat quick or not. I, I don't want to totally dismiss the explosion as uh, being an indicator of his running prowess. I think this is like a you know, the ninety pound mom can all of a sudden lift a car off of her child when it's in the mm. moment. Like there's a car exploding. You're you're gonna be able to get your wheels moving a little bit, and you know. This is more like football speed. This is like 40 yard mm. dash type stuff. This is this is running. This is this is, you know, put the pedal to the metal as fast as you can for yeah, I guess a sprint, but still I'm I'm not buying it. This is any kind of metric that we can determine if someone's a good runner. Yeah, maybe that was a better question. Is Tom Cruise would he be a good kick returner where he's just <laughs> running away from people, right? Because there's not a car exploding, but you know, a 230 pound athletic linebacker ready to rip your head off. Maybe that was the better question. And he's, he's, he's tiny, right? Um, isn't he like, oh, like he's notably he's tiny, yeah. Notably a short guy, which is, is probably good, right? He can hit the gaps a little better. Uh, those big guys, he's a little bit harder to tackle being so low to the ground. So do I think Tom Cruise, because he can't make it as a distance runner because he, he goes way too hard early on and all his correct. Friends. He can't make it as a sprinter because he's too short. He doesn't have the, the leg speed, but maybe what he could be is a slot receiver. A slot. Oh, all right. Although he's more of a straight line guy. He's not really a slot. Yeah, we don't, deep we don't threat. see him make yeah, don't see I think him he's a deep threat. He needs the, and if he catches it, he's outrunning the defense. He's a deep threat, but he's like five foot nothing. You could be, yeah, yeah, and that's a little tough. Maybe football is not his calling card. Maybe he's a pinch runner. That's what it is. He's <laughs> a pinch runner, and he's running away or trying not to get uh, tagged out is, is what's happening here. All right. Is so think, Tom Cruise a pinch runner? Yeah. And then we can compare him to, like, Dave Roberts and, uh, you know, other pinch runners of the sort. Instead can of he slide, though? Yeah, we have no evidence of him sliding. He, yeah, he'd be a terrible slider. He's so uptight and rigid. I don't know if he could slide. Maybe <laughs> pinch running is not the sport for him. All right. I'm running out of ideas here. I feel like we got our, got our guys from the, the Harrier on, uh, on the line at some point and kind of help us diagnose a, a better fit for Tom Cruise. I think we need it because I'm running. I'm I hit a wall there. I thought I made a breakthrough at pinch running, but turns out he'd be terrible. He'd run right by the base every time. <laughs> He's he, he would be the guy, <laughs> the little leaguer that runs like going first to third, runs directly to second, and then directly to third in only 90 degree angles. Doesn't know how to like take the turn to give himself a little momentum. <laughs> he would go and he'd run way past second base and he'd hit the outfield and then he'd eventually be able to turn and then do a diagonal towards third. Uh, and then he'd get thrown out because he'd run past the bag. So yeah, it wouldn't work out. That won't work out. All right. Well, the, uh, I guess the, the hunt for Tom Cruise is uh, the way to use his, his sprint speed continues and we'll have to kind of revisit that, I suppose. Um, all right. What else do you want to talk about here? Trent, you want to talk? Let's see, you want to talk Shelby Houlihan or do you want to talk uh, Cooper Tier? Uh, pick your own adventure here. Yeah. Uh, definitely want to talk Shelby Houlihan. Okay. Uh, Shelby released a statement detailing her last year and um you know her endeavors here with the with the the aiu what's up has it been a year i guess wow man no it, it makes i mean it, it was not quite so i guess june so yeah, it's been just about as coming leading but up. But she to the knew Olympics. about it before June, right? Like it, it being yeah. public in June, but she knew about it before. Yeah, so it's been over a year now. Um, 
And so she wrote a letter to, or like a, a, a statement. And it starts with, you know, it's pretty lengthy and kind of discusses this last year. And she kind of talks about how it is her belief that the AU is not, I mean, go figure at this point, the AU is not interested in, um, you know, like justice for athletes or trying to do the digging or trying to make sure that uh, their information is correct. They're interested in trying to bust athletes. And she believes that that's what their, their goal is and that that's really all they care about. Uh, you know, I wonder who could have said that, but so she writes this statement and it's a pretty in-depth lengthy statement. I'm not going to read the whole thing here, but like she starts it with dear clean athletes. Like she addresses this statement specifically to clean athletes as if to say like I think to like loop herself into that and to um she doesn't want to involve herself with dirty athletes you know she's like I want to address the clean athletes out here and the bs that we have to deal with in this sport yada 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 and she continues to double down triple down quadruple down on her innocence and this is another instance of like the balls it would take for someone to so specifically write a statement of this and like like I said direct it in that way like to the clean athletes I, I mean I've said it before it's like if you believe Shelby is guilty then you believe that she is like a pathological liar and psychopath at this point with like how much she's doubling down and tripling down like she is choosing to bring her name back up and to bring this story back up at some point like we wouldn't be talking about Shelby a year later the story would she could have just kind of like faded out into the background nobody really be talking about it but she's choosing to bring this to the forefront which to me continues to reaffirm it's like why would somebody do that if they were guilty? Why would you be this explicit and open and, you know, want to write a statement like that if you're guilty? Yeah, it's the the haters will, will bring up, you know, the first example that comes to my mind, at least, is the Lance Armstrong thing where he goes on Oprah yeah. and talks about not doping. And so you you don't want to take somebody's strong defiance as total evidence that they are telling the truth in this situation. However, based on the totality of the circumstances, this, this does further uh, make me believe uh, that she really was innocent. And, and I agree, Michael, we are getting point. And, and it turns out, turns out Lance Armstrong was a pathological liar and like that's, was, it was doing things. So, I mean, that's we what, had to. Yeah. It's a, well, that's exactly what I was going to say. It's like, like I said, to me, there's one of two options. Like either you're a bad person or you're telling the truth. And it's possible that she's a psychopath, pathological liar, bad person. Um, I guess I'm choosing not to believe that. Yeah. Like you, I think Lance Armstrong is the perfect example that you brought up there. It's like, you could say the same thing there. It's like either he was telling the truth or he's kind of not the greatest person. And it turns out Lance isn't the greatest person out there. Not necessarily the best role model out there. Yeah. And I, I don't have too much shit. I'm a big Lance Armstrong fan. He did a lot of good with the, the success that he, he cheated to get. Uh, but he made some mistakes in his life and he was a pathological liar and, and was able to look like straight face into a camera um, and, and lie. I wasn't even able to look straight face into the camera and tell you my story my weekend without having to <laughs> up there. But, but yes. So in that case, he was. Uh, but it, yes, you're right. You're totally right, though. Shelby has reached that point and maybe she had already reached that point prior where she is crossing the line into potentially exposing herself as a complete pathological liar, like someone that is no longer role model to anybody um, that is, is kind of deranged that they would, they would put on the show. But I'm, 
I'm not willing to go there, Mike. Based on what we know about Shelby, based on what we know about the uh, possibility of, uh, I'm going to miss up, I'm forgetting the name, Nandrolone, how you could possibly find it in different sources than just legally taking substances. I think I speak for all of us in this pod when I say, I don't think Shelby is a pathological liar that's playing this and like gotten to the point where, you know, maybe she's even believing it. Like I, I, I love seeing this from Shelby. We as a running community cannot forget that we taken this person who was the face of her, her niche in this sport of that distance running niche for, uh, for women, the best American athlete, uh, a significant legitimate chance at an Olympic medal in Tokyo and in 2024. And we are just taking away everything that uh, she can accomplish in her prime in these prime years for her. And it's gone. And I, I appreciate her continuing to take on a public face and remind people uh, what's happening. Because if you believe her, which, which I do, this is a complete travesty and it's it's sad that podcasts like ourselves honestly you know it, there's just so much news to take in that you kind of forget about this you move on there's other athletes that are killing it in her event right um and so it's easy to forget about shelby uh, or not forget about it i'm gonna have a top of mind so i don't know i'm i'm glad that she's still posting this stuff to to make us all consider it because you know there's what's sad about it i think is either one, it turns out she is lying, right? And it probably there's further evidence later on and, and she looks terrible. But if she was actually telling the truth, there's no like positive end to that story because there's never going to be the evidence that will support the positive. Right. You can't prove her to be clean at this point. You could right. only prove her to be dirty and, and there's no way to prove her clean, which is kind of a, I don't know, a sad element of this. Sure. All right, let's uh, let's talk Cooper Tier. This is a fun story. I like this one. Um, uh, you know, preface this by saying this podcast has probably had more uh, anti Cooper Tier takes than than most running podcasts out there. I think <laughs> I think Steve has said some uh, pretty direct things about uh, the Cooper bunch there, but he actually had a post recently that I kind of, I kind of liked that. <laughs> that was kind of funny. So this weekend's the pre-classic, um, which is one of the best track meets of the year. Awesome diamond league meet. It's in Eugene. Um, yes. It's coming up on Saturday, but so he posted a uh, picture on Instagram with the caption, Many people may not know, including him, but Jakob Ingebrigtsen and I have been rivals for years. And this Saturday, we face off again at the pre-classic and the Bower Moon Mile. So, I mean, clearly, and I, you know, I'm sure there's people who take this seriously. And even Jakob responded to it, said something along the lines of like, I don't know if I would call this a rivalry or something like that. Um, but... I think anybody who actually thinks Cooper was being serious, but well, this kind of goes back to the show thing. There's like two, two ways you can take this either Cooper tears being serious and he is the complete douchebag or the more realistic is he knows exactly what he's doing and he's trying to stir things up and he's kind of being like funny. And I, I like it, like whatever, like let me tag the, the number one, miler in the worlds and loop myself in with them and pretend like I have a rivalry. I kind of like the play, you know, I, I wanted to hate the move and I just found myself every time I was like trying to find a take that I hated about it. I just, I kind of liked the move. Yeah. When there's only two people on the podcast. I think sometimes the flow is better if, if we have opposite sides of a take. Um, but like we've said before, this is, this is not uh this is not, skip bayless and uh Stephen a smith you know circa 2014 we don't have to argue about everything i i completely agree i couldn't agree more with you it's clearly a joke and if anyone thought it was serious like some of these people 
posting on here. They, uh, they're a bit confused. I also love Jakob's response. Like, I, I like that he, you know, doesn't take, doesn't miss this opportunity to just like talk a little shit. I wouldn't call this race a rivalry, uh, but looking forward to it. So I, I appreciate him, you know, taking advantage of the position he is as the elite person in this field uh, to, to kind of like accept the joke, laugh at it, you know, but also put him in his place a little bit. Uh, but yeah, clearly a joke. I think it's, I think it's pretty funny. I appreciate him showing some personality uh, and, uh, I don't know, maybe our Cooper tier hates getting a little cold. I, I do feel like we softened on it a little bit. I think, um, it came, it came didn't from a Steve, place like just recently and like two podcasts ago, like directly tell them to go F themselves. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> um, but in general, just because we get fired up for one news story doesn't mean it is necessarily represents our <laughs> thoughts all the time. Um, I was going to say, though, like, I feel like it was an anti, we, you know, we've talked about it, anti-attention they got at Oregon, you know, prematurely yet. But I'm, I'm okay. Like, Cole Hawker, I'm coming around on a little bit. The guy is just such a badass out there uh, when he runs. Cooper Tier was a little bit behind Cole as far as gaining our respect, but you know, things like this will only help him move up our respect. Has he and and Inga Britson even been on the same track together at any I, point? I think they've run once. Okay. Each other. I think that was kind of like the the joke, but I feel like you you in general of the three of us have always had softer takes on the on the Oregon guys. Yeah, I, I uh, always kind of you've always kind of had one foot in, one foot out on on the negativity towards them, which is fine. That's I'm a wishy washy guy. It makes it easier to change takes later on to be on the winning side uh, when more more information comes out. I do think um, you know people talk a lot. And I'm not trying to compare to these types of people, but you know people always often talk about like you think of like the kardashians or something like that and like everything that they do is super calculated and uh in a, in a way such that like they're constantly keeping their name in the the news cycle you know what i mean mm-hmm. um and i'm starting to kind of think that cooper tier kind of has that kind of attitude a, a little bit where he almost seems calculated in the sense where it's like He's trying to grow his brand, and I, I think we've come to know that in this sport, you need to be good at the sport, but you also need to have a personal brand. And he seems to be pretty good about constantly keeping his name in like the let's run and you know, mm. running media news cycle. Um, so I'm kind of on the watcher, I, I, I think he's a pretty calculated guy. and. I think that's what you need to do in this sport. If you want to make money, if you want to build your personal brand is you need to find ways to constantly, you know, just being a good racer and a good runner is clearly not enough. I think that's something that Craig did really well, right. Is I don't think he was as calculated with it maybe, but he just like by sheer, like his personality, he constantly kept his name in the news. And I think Cooper is starting to do a pretty good job at finding ways to get his his name in these articles and get talked about quite a bit. I guess that's the difference though, right? Because being calculated to get yourself out there and to make sure the conversation includes your name can truly only get you so far before people become a bit tired of your act. A guy like Craig was awesome at keeping his name in the conversation, but I don't think that you know, to agree with your point was calculated. I think it was, he has a, you know, a super interesting personality that draws us in and he wasn't afraid to be himself, you know, at all points. And that is what truly made Craig the character that he was and the, the figure that he is. So Cooper is, I don't have any, you know, particular issue with with keeping your name like you said it's important to build that brand um i don't know he's still very young he's still a a brand new professional athlete 
we will see if it feels like it's a calculated process on his part or or we may start to actually uh like him as a person and that'll be the difference right if it's if it's just these like savvy instagram posts that get people talking about him or if it's more of uh, a true displays personality that we see on tv and, and at races and and doing whatever um that makes us think ah oh, this guy's actually you know pretty down to earth and someone that you want to get behind yeah i'm trying for you know uh a me and you type episode that was some pretty nitty-gritty stuff we just talked about we we got we got real running nerdy for a little bit right there we, we just good. we just talked like in-depth analysis of appeals to the aiu and the the uh the drugs that are found in the system and and specific drug testing laboratory rates like this is this is really intense stuff that most people would have to subscribe to like the wall street journal to get this level of analysis yeah like it's like what if i told you like what do you go up to a random person it's like what did tom cruise neandrolone and cooper tier have in common well, what i don't know well the whereabouts failure <laughs> podcast was was able to work all three you better all believe three, we were all three into our segments today better uh, believe we were can i just go on a tangent real quick because it's just two of us and i don't think we yeah. have too strict of a schedule to talk about so i definitely haven't been on like instagram in a long time um but i go on it Sounds when i'm like researching the pod yeah and i <laughs> Instagram is pretty cool. I know I'm on here to look at <laughs> Cooper Tears post and to be able to talk about it. And then I'm like scrolling through my own feed. And it's like, ah, yeah, I haven't seen that person in a while. What's going on here? All these like big things are happening on, on the gram as on the IG. I got some DMs, Michael. Got some people DMing me. Uh, and they, they must not know I don't check Instagram if they're DMing me. But uh yeah, I guess I can see the whole Insta. So, so is thing. your is your hot take that Instagram <laughs> is is pretty good? Listen, I think Instagram has a future. I bet yes. this catches on with people. <laughs> Someone's uh, you, you, you get people listening out here. If you haven't checked out this Instagram thing, now's the time. Now's the time to get on the wagon. Instagram.com. I would <laughs> go to the website. Oh man. All right. Gone on long enough, Trent. I'm tired. It's late. What do you got for the bell app? Well, we had to talk Celtics. We teased it earlier. Celtics. At the time of this recording, 2-2 in the Eastern Conference Finals. First, I will shout out to our guy, Colin, Mr. Milwaukee. Me and him had a little bet on the Bucks celtics series and on Jason Tate specifically. Yes, and Tatum uh, came through for me. The Celtics came through. Uh it was awesome. What what a one of the best series. If you're a basketball fan, that was that was just basketball heaven. Uh, the Heat Celtics series is quite a roller coaster here. Do we have any Miami uh, whereabout Warriors out hmm. there that that want to get in on a little uh, New England Miami action? I'm not sure. I'm sure there's probably head. I can't think of anybody. Even if they're not Miami Miamiites, Miamians, my Miamers. I like Miamians. Miamians. If you're not a Miamian, maybe you're you're a, a Heat fan from back way back on the LeBron days. Uh, so you can reach out to us and we'll place a little wager uh, on that series because it's a that's a roller coaster series right now. Um, but uh, I don't know, Mike. I can't help but feel pretty good about it. I uh, I delayed sharing about my engagement to everyone in the world because I had to watch them lose Game Three. But other than that disappointment. I've been feeling pretty high, and, and they just got to kind of clean up a couple shaky quarters. But I think the Celtics are going to be okay. Yeah, we you you think it's going seven? Yeah, yeah. At this point, I think it's 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 a seven game series. Okay. It's just been the biggest swings of all time. I've never seen a series swing this much. And and uh, assuming assuming the Celtics win, who do you want from the West? Well, I'd love to play Dallas, but I think the chances of us getting Dallas is is slim at this point. Although they're blowing out the Warriors tonight, so it should be at least three one. 
Um, so you're saying they got a chance, Mike. Saying they got a chance. Uh, I mean, on my end, I had some things I was going to talk about, but I, you left me speechless earlier in the, in this show, Trent, and uh, congratulations to you and, and Megan. You know, I, I've said it once before, and I'll, and I'll say it again. God bless Megan for putting up with your with your BS. And uh, I don't really know what she's thinking. She's she's about to commit herself to a lifetime of of you and your nonsense. But uh, should, should that should that make me worried that she's not more worried about this? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. I We do a lot of praising of Megan for putting up with you, but maybe. She's the one we need to be worried about. We it, need to question why she yeah. would, would put up with this. It's, yeah. a, it's a good point. There's some, it, might be, it might be too late, though. Well, it's, well, it's not legal yet. I mean, it's, you know, you know in, the, in the eyes of the law, you, she's still got time to figure it out. So we'll see. But, yes, congratulations to you, too. I'm, uh, I'm beyond happy. And uh, on that note, I'm way too tired to remember what, what Steve says here. So say uh, <clears throat> something like, um, yeah, well, the, the athletic, athletic integrity unit is, uh, is at my door and uh, I got to go get a burrito. <laughs> and uh, uh, hit me with the Josie. No, Perfect. I, hey. I don't like, I don't like usually, usually what's me, you usually what's me and you, you hit me with, you say hit me with the Josie. Can, can I just like can I just riff a little bit for the ending instead? Sure. Sure. What if we were just like, I would have run faster, but uh I I peaked too early. Mike, hit me with the Josie. Josie's on a-